Several years ago, I was just finishing speaking at a conference on ministry leadership when a rather professorial looking gentleman who walked up to me with what I could only define as a bit of an intellectual stagger, it said to me, I need to tell you something. You've probably all seen this before. He walks up to me and he says, Jason, I appreciated your presentation today on leadership in the church. And I agree with you, we need to be professionals, but I felt like it was missing something. And I looked at him and I said, okay, go on. And he says this, our point is not to be professionals, but it's to follow Jesus. Our point is not to be professionals, but to follow Jesus. And I have to admit, I was a bit taken aback by this statement. Not because I thought he was wrong, but because I thought he wasn't entirely right. In fact, as I began to think about it more, and this very statement would alter the trajectory of the way I thought about ministry moving forward, what I began to realize is that potentially he was conflating professionalism with careerism. Now let's be very honest for just a moment. Any of us who have gotten into ministry did not do so for the sake of a career, am I right? Money, prestige, honor, these are not things that Jesus promises when he invites us into this way of life. In fact, in my work with ministry leaders in diocesan leadership, what I often caution is the ministry leader who comes forward speaking of their desire to work in a large parish with lavish resources and hundreds of young people along with thousands of volunteers. While these things in a temporal way, in a worldly way, may define success, they're certainly not compatible with the radical call of the gospel when they come from our own selfish desires. You see, careerism is always sinking bigger and better positions with a get mine versus give fully mentality. And yet on the flip side of that coin, professionalism is the conduct, aims, or qualities that characterize or mark a profession or a professional person. And so when we think about professionalism and the difference that a professional leader is compared to one seeking a career, we have to get down to that root word. What is a profession? Well, a profession is defined as a calling requiring specialized knowledge and often long and intensive academic preparation. But when we think about what a profession looks like and how that can be attributed to the minister, this conversation becomes even more interesting when we look at the etymology of the word. Now, etymology is the study of the history of words, and the history of the word profession is deeply connected to what you and I do in ministry. Profession in the 13th century was used in association with the public profession of vows by a person to a religious order. And this is also interesting when we think that the Latin root of profiteri, 
which means to declare openly, to testify voluntarily, to acknowledge or make a public statement of, that one stands before a group of individuals in that first usage of the word and speaks to a community, I am here for this purpose, and this purpose is religious. Let that sink in for just a moment. The first usage of the word, the first relationship to professional was one making a vow to a religious community. And we begin to see this shift just a bit over time in the 14th century when it was adopted as a solemn declaration and then again in the 15th century as an occupation that one professes to be skilled in. And we begin to see a little bit of a shift as this word is taken from the religious community begins to be used within the world and what a beautiful way that the church and this word, its usage in the church begins to affect the world that it's a highly specialized body of persons then in the 17th century engaged in some occupation with the implication of specialized knowledge and skilled practice. When we think about a professional and we think about what one does when they make a profession to a religious community, there's an expectation that that person is going to have a deep personal commitment, not only to the community itself and what the community stands for in light of the person of Jesus Christ, but that furthermore, they're going to further that mission. And so it was also then with the work of a professional that an individual would possess the qualities that would move the field forward. And so my question for you and I today is, does the rich etymological history of the word professional match yours and my experience in the field of ministry today? Do the qualities of this tradition match our experiences? And my assumption is that while you and I might be able to think of a variety of areas where the field of ministry is exceptionally professional, there's probably just as many, if not more, where we can begin to have seen or maybe currently seeing a subtle deterioration of professionalism in our field. For example, how often do we see an undisciplined use of time? And furthermore, how often do we see volunteers or even professional leaders expected to be present for ridiculous hours, even at the expense of their primary and sacramentally bound vocations. And then as that time begins to droll on and that exhaustion takes place, we begin to see shoddy work ethics which then turn into rampant procrastination and poor preparation. My brothers and sisters, this one hits very close to home for me, especially in preparation for this talk. Little interest in continuing education. I can't tell you the number of leaders that I often work with who get that undergraduate degree in theology and catechetics or evangelization and think that they've mastered the field of ministry. When in fact, a true devotee, a true professional in the field sees his or herself always as the student and never the master, always seeking the gold, but never feeling like they've quite achieved it for the sake again of their own edification, as well as moving the field forward, always the student. And then of course, this often turns into careless communication and how often do we find ourselves 
feeling a bit affronted when that careless communication is called out. But of course, lack of professionalism within our field of ministry doesn't only exist for leaders themselves, but also within the infrastructure that we work within. Too often do we see opportunities for renewal and dare I even say sabbatical frowned upon when leaders do find themselves exhausted or when leaders come forward and ask to have that moment of continuing education offered to them, is it limited or null altogether? And then of course, I'm sure for many of you, this would resonate. Our metrics of success can often be based upon numbers rather than fruit. We do know the difference, right, between numbers and fruit. It's dramatic. And so the question that I would posit for you and I today is what would happen if parish leadership woke up every single day, you, I, and those that we serve alongside, believing zealously that our chosen profession was the highest one of all? Because historically, when we go back to the 13th century and then throughout time, what we'll begin to see or what we'll find historically is that the practice, the dedicated practice of studying theology and sharing in ministry was held in the highest regard alongside medicine and law. Ministry, medicine, and law throughout the centuries were the highest professions. And my brothers and sisters, medicine heals Law pursues truth and upholds justice, and ministry does both. What would happen if we woke up every morning grasping that very belief and moving fully into it? And so the next question then becomes, what defines the ministry professional? And what attributes do we find for said individual? Well, the simple truth of the matter is, if we go to scripture, we're not gonna find the word professional there, right? Certainly, pursuit of excellence, absolutely read the letter to the Philippians. Renewal of mind, read St. Paul's letter to the Romans. An exhortation to embrace the fullness of what wisdom has to offer, there's an entire book in the Old Testament dedicated to it. But the word professional, we're not going to find anything in scripture that pushes us in that direction. And so we have to look at what a professional does. Again, in that profession of a vow to a religious community, what defines a religious community, but a very specific and clear mission oriented toward Christ and the sharing of his message with the world. And our mission has always been clear and was given by the Lord himself. Matthew 28, we should know this well. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you. We know this. It's further edified when St. Paul speaks in his second letter to the Corinthians, chapter five, verse 20, when he says, so we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. The mission is clear. Our marching orders of how we are to be professional, those making a profession and moving the field forward is clear. And when we look specifically at the second thing that Paul says in, that, in those words, God making his appeal through us, what we find very clearly is that we are not the ones doing the work. 
that God actually is doing the work through us. Our work, our job, is to be the finely tuned instrument honed specifically for the music that is to be played through us. God makes his appeal through us. And so then, we are ambassadors. And so what I might offer then is that professionalism in ministry is directly equated to our ability to be ambassadors with excellence. And so how then are we ambassadors for Christ with excellence? Well, first and foremost, step one is to understand the implications of the Lord's call to be a disciple. And then again, this can be very difficult sometimes when we find ourselves jaded in ministry, but that indeed the implications are real. That when Jesus called the first disciples, he didn't say, just pick up your nets and bring them with you everywhere you go. No, he said to leave them by the seashore, to leave everything behind, that everything you offer as a disciple and a leader within the church has to be oriented to Jesus. That the implications have significant gravity. And step two then, when we understand that gravity, to defend it, to transparently and ardently uphold the dignity of that very call, to believe in our heart of hearts above all else that this is the highest profession that an individual could ever take on, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world and to lead souls to his sacred heart. But of course we know that the linchpin is step three, that we ourselves in knowing the implications of the call and upholding its dignity must then also be tethered to the sacred heart of Jesus Christ through the intercession of Mary, which requires brothers and sisters that prayer is not a lifeboat or a gimmick, but rather the very lifeblood. To remember and call into mind the quote that is so often attributed to St. Francis de Sales, that every Christian should pray for 30 minutes, but if you're busy, pray an hour or the words of blessed Archbishop Fulton Sheen, that when sanctity and holiness decline, so too does energy decline. Being tethered to the sacred heart of Jesus is the fullness. And that from that tethering then, that we begin each and every day with a fresh desire to reconsecrate ourselves in the call and desire and pursuance. And the way that we do that is specifically by developing the intellect. That prayer develops the heart But developing the intellect is what helps us to hone, to sharpen, to ensure that, again, the instrument that we are is ready, is made ready for the work of the Lord through us. That can be done as large as continuing education, as going back to school, as learning something new for the sake of the field. It can even be done as simply as dedicating oneself to reading one book a month within the field be that in ministry, leadership, volunteerism, impact architecture, whatever it might be to move the field forward to ensure that the intellect is refined. And then of course, after the prayer and the intellect have been developed, to rightly order one's days to ensure that we're strategically accomplishing the mission, to know what is primary and secondary, what is essential and non-essential, to make good usage of the word no, and how difficult can that be in ministry, right? To say no. No, Father, I cannot go and start another program. I have to stay on mission here. This is what you've asked me to do. And then, of course, every good leader, every good professional knows that one must regularly take the time for recollection to ensure that they're staying on mission. 
And this can be very difficult when we're working 50 or 60 hour work weeks to take that time to step away and to very directly ask the Lord, Jesus, am I doing what you've asked me to do? Does this program or this event really matter in the life of this church? Is the work that I'm doing serving the culture and the charism that you've anointed me for in this time, in this place to serve? To have the audacity to go to our pastor or to a direct supervisor and ask without being asked in an HR review, hey, am I doing what you asked me to do? What you hired me for? Is the mission of the church in this parish right now in this time being moving forward? Recollection is always the key because recollection is what propels us then back to the beginning to know the implications of the call and be renewed in them, to uphold the dignity of that call and defend it ardently, to do that through prayer and to continue to learn to become the very best masters of the skills that we need to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with all. Because my brothers and sisters, the work that we do as professionals has eschatological implications that ring out through eternity. Every single time and moment that we share Jesus Christ died, risen on the third day for the salvation of our human frailty. And so when I think back to that moment with that gentleman who came to me, And he said that our point isn't to follow Jesus or to follow, to be professionals, excuse me. It's simply to follow Jesus. I think if he were standing here today, I would have a very simple response. Everything about following Jesus is professional. Thank you. Thank you.